So we've been talking about the issue of church hurt. And on our last episode of Life Talks, we were discussing what do we do? What should you mm-hmm. do if you are at a point where something, something, someone has sinned against you, a, a set of circumstances has happened? Maybe, maybe it's very serious. Maybe it's, it's almost criminal or is criminal. Maybe it's, maybe it's very personal or, or, or maybe you're just disappointed in some things. Wherever you are on that spectrum, church hurt happens and we need to know how to deal with it biblically and appropriately and toward a good outcome and a good solution. So my name is Dan. I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors of Life Fellowship Church in Metropolitan Charlotte. And Ben, we started off last time and we didn't even get finished with all the, the points, but let's pick up where we left off previously yeah. and, and talk, what, what is our response? Where where should we go and what should we do? Yeah. So I think just to summarize where we went last episode, um, we, we talked about you've got a choice of, I'm either going to fix my, my attention and my eyes on God, or I'm going to fix my attention on the pain. Um, and and you've, that's a choice you've got to make because I think God is the only one that gives meaning and helps you through process and heal the pain. But if pain becomes the center of your focus and vision, you, it's hard to move beyond it. It gets bigger and bigger. And I think that's uh, that's the biggest mistake I think most people experience when it comes to these things. Um, the second one was you've got to make sure that you clearly, respectfully communicate your hurt to those in authority, those who have the power to do something about it. Um, that is that that's really important. And um the the next one I, the next step I would say and it it builds off of that other one is you have to there's this practical outworking of I want justice to be done. So there's a there's a communication, there's a shining light on evil and darkness to those who can do something about it. But there's still a number 3 what I'd say is you have to release ultimate justice to God. Even if there are earthly powers and authorities that can do something about the evil done, the offense, the hurt, there is there is still the spiritual residue of the evil done to us. So what we've got to do is, you know, at, at that point, <clears throat> because our soul longs for justice, and there are some ways that we see earthly justice done, and there's some ways that we won't see justice done until the great white throne of judgment, mm-hmm. right? Like, there are certain things that we... Um, we have to entrust God to deal with. We know this side of eternity that not everything will be dealt with in the appropriate way. But we do know this. God loves justice. He's a God of justice. Um, and he has put justice in our heart. It's this I, this longing for things that are broken to be made right. Mm. And so th- in order for that to happen, if in order for us to release justice to God— there's actually a word for that in the Bible that describes what it means to release God to judgment, and that's the word forgiveness. Hmm. Forgiveness is, I think forgiveness is so misunderstood in Christian circles today. We we understand that we need to be forgiven for you know by God because of our sins. And you know, there's this beautiful terminology in the Psalms where he, you know, as far as the, as the east is from the west is how far he'll remove our sins from us. Um he says things, I will remember your sins no more. And I think sometimes, as beautiful as that language is, here's what I would say. To forgive someone of the offense done to you does not mean that God wants you to forget it or bury it. Mm. Does that make sense? You're never going to forget. You're never going to forget the trauma. You're never going to forget the pain. Uh, you, You shouldn't. Um, what what you should what it should do is make you wiser. It should make you more aware, you know, of ways that in which 
you don't want that to happen again. But forgiveness simply means, God, I'm releasing all that needs to be done uh, justice-wise to your hands. Mm. And I think that, you know, when... I've always said forgiveness, and I think I've used this illustration before here in the podcast. Forgiveness for some people, it's different. For some people, it's like there's a <clears throat> there's a line, draw a line in the sand, and you step over that line and done. All right. I've released it and don't you look back. don't look back. For other people, and I think for most people, forgiveness is like a plate of spaghetti. And every day you got to eat another noodle. Mm. And it's just another noodle. And it's another noodle. And you <clears throat> there are times where you just might have to. It might be a hundred days straight to say, God, I have to, I have to give this pain over to you. I have to release them to you. The anger is going to come up, the frustration, the the temptation to want to do something, to take matters in your own hands. And again, that's the danger: is when you don't release justice to the Lord, you're going to want to seek justice on your own terms. Mm. And when you do that, I mean, you and I have both seen how that plays out. Right. And it, it can be anything from gossip and slander. Uh, you might be, you might be saying things that are, are true in a way, but you're telling things about to everyone who doesn't need to know, right? Yeah. It's kind of like certain people when they go scorched earth on, yeah. on their pain, man, it, it get gets really ugly yeah. fast. Now, I would just insert here, really resist the temptation to go to social media. Oh yeah. So many yeah. people have taken a bad yeah. situation and made it far worse. Yeah by using social media as a venting point. Mm. And I understand the need to vent. We, we, we all need that safe spot where we can say things out loud, listen to them, and readjust. Mm. Social media is the worst place on the planet to do that. <laughs> and, and so we need to be really, really careful. If you, want, if you want to write something out, write it out and email it to your spouse. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Or just write it out and then delete it. But you know, there is something therapeutic about, I want to get all my thoughts out, right? Mm-hmm. I've done those kinds of things before. You write everything out and then you're like, okay, I'm burning this. Yes. You know, it's because this isn't going to help anyone right. if, I, if this goes public or, or if I let this see the light of day. And so I do think there are, um, times when, when if you do not release justice to the Lord, you're going to take justice in your own hands. And when you take justice in your own hands, you're actually going to multiply the pain mm-hmm. and multiply the offense. And it's kind of like, well, you hurt me, now I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. And um, when you feel yourself thinking or saying, I don't care, you, yeah. that, that ought to be, you know, like a warning sign to you. Okay, then let's stop. Yeah. Let's stop until I do care again. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, um, Again, when you forgive, a lot of people think, "Well, I've, I'm." It's almost like I'm, I'm releasing this person. I'm letting this person off the hook. No, you're not, because God. Again, remember the cross. The cross. We we are to be cross-centered people. The cross gives definition um, to life. It helps us to. It's the grid by framework by which we see everything. And if we understand that that just that, that God in His infinite power allowed both grace and mercy and justice to be all exercised at the cross, then we have to trust that God knows how to execute justice. Yeah. yeah and we have to be willing to trust God to do it his way. And in his timing. And in his timing, because sometimes yeah. the, the Lord's timetable and ours can be quite different. Yes. And sometimes the Lord is letting things ripen. 
yes. to get to the so that all the people that need to learn the lessons will learn their lessons. Bruce Wilkinson has a, a I don't know whether it's a book or a lesson, but you can Google it and find it. Dr. Bruce Wilkinson um, called Seven Times Seventy. Oh, great book! And we, re- you know, I would really if you've got an open seething wound uh, that's just it's, it's just there, and you think it's scabbed over, and then it comes fresh again. I would recommend you read that because. You know, there is a biblical principle, and God gives this to us for our good mm-hmm. and for our benefit. He loves you yeah. and cares about you, and certainly he has all the credibility that he would ever need on this subject because the last, some of the last words his son said was, Father, please forgive yes. them. They don't even know what they're yes. doing. Yes, So that example ought to resonate in our hearts, and we ought to learn from that. Yes, 100%. So I think releasing justice to God is—it's hard. It's a spiritual act. It's, it's it might you might it might have to be a repeated act, but it's something that if you're going to heal, you've got to do. Mm. Um, so that's that's the third one. Uh, these last three are are pretty simple, but you know, I, I I'm surprised at how many people that have gone through church hurt have not done these three things. Mm. So that's why I I named them. the 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 next one is you got to remove yourself from the toxic or abusive situation. Yes. Okay. How many people do you know of that have gone, they're in the middle of, of a very cancerous church and they're just, they're still there and you just see them changing. It's changing their attitude. It's changing their, their ability to even have joy. And it's kind of like, dude, you got to get out of there. Yeah. You know, like this is, this is this is a situation that that you need to remove yourself from so that you can you can get the healing you need, you know. And um I don't know if it's a sense of people's loyalty or if there's just hope that they're like maybe this will change and but but if you have gone through something that you know what I would say is remove yourself if you have shared the offense and the hurt with the, the, with those who are in power and authority and they do nothing about it and they bury it that's when you get out. Yeah. You know, if there is a if there is a seeking of reconciliation, if there's humility, if there's repentance, then of course we're not saying leave. What we're saying is, if the, if there's if the snowballs if, if the snowballs heading down the hill and nothing that you're doing is is helping, then you need to get out yeah. because you don't want to multiply the pain in your own life. Yeah, and it's important. We're not talking about leaving when you disagree over you you know something that is resolvable. It, it, it's not right. talking about if you don't get your way, then go somewhere exactly. else. Exactly. That, that's consumerism yeah. and that's that's selfish. And, and by the way, that's not even healthy because then you always run from your conflicts. Mm. But we are talking about if someone is systematically abusing you, if someone is violating um, biblical principle in their engagement interaction with you, and you have taken that to others, as the scripture tells us to, and it is not being addressed and it is not being resolved— then, you know, Henry Cloud's book on boundaries, I think, is really important. Mm. And sometimes this happens institutionally, it happens in churches, it happens in leadership structures. Sometimes it happens in friendships. Um, I had a, I had a friendship 20-some-odd years ago where um, it became very manipulative mm. and emotionally and, and even psychologically abusive. And I didn't even realize it mm. until finally my wife, you know, really got up in my face and said, do you not see what's going on? And mm. I, I really didn't. Mm. I kind of got used to it. Yeah. And and the only way to resolve it was to terminate the friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to make those hard choices. You have to. That's so it's so important. Um, the next one I... I have is you've got don't ignore the trauma and pain, but instead get the support you need, get the counseling you need. You know, mm, I'm surprised how many people that go through something very painful, and it's kind of like um, 
let's just forget about this. Do you think that a lot of people do that because they don't want to live the details again? Yes. Yeah. I think that I think there's the, you know, they always say there's the the flight, uh, flight, f- fight, flight, or or freeze reaction mm-hmm. to to sometimes these 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 moments. And it's the people who, whether it's the, the flight or the freeze, that are just like, I, I don't want to talk about that again. Let's just, that was bad. And there's a book that was written years ago called The Body Keeps a Score. And it's it's all written on the the science of trauma that that when you go through something traumatic in your, you know, that your affects your brain, it your body will remember. So if you go through something traumatic and it's kind of like it's at this at this school or at this church or whatever it is, and and you walk as you're walking up to the building, your body literally feels like I'm, I'm going to vomit and just mm. I want to I want to like I'm getting sick, mm-hmm. right? There's something unresolved pain that you've got to deal with, and so I think there is a um, there is something that you what I would say is don't ignore that, don't ignore the pain, don't bury the pain. Uh, what what you need is talk to someone, process what you've been through. Help someone. Go to a biblical counselor. Go to someone who's who's trauma informed and is able to walk you through. Okay, this is how your body's responding. Here's what happens to your mind when you do these things, and here's here's what the Bible says about how we overcome these kinds of hurts. And so, uh, so so ta- learn how to talk to someone about those things. And sometimes it's hard because, again, if if church hurt has been our experience and and we were taken advantage of by people who were supposed to help us, someone's like, well, who do I trust? Mm-hmm. And, um, but, but what I would even say is this, if, if God knows, God is the ultimate counselor. I know. So even if you don't have anyone, you can talk to God ultimately. And I think that's, that's great to bring your, cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. But even if you need someone person to person, just ask the Lord, God, I need someone in my life. It doesn't have to be someone who's you know, got all the credentials, but maybe God, you're going to put a good listener and a wise counsel uh, person who's been through some things. I just need someone, you know. Even even guys like Joseph, like how was Joseph able to overcome his trauma, right? Like mm-hmm. he didn't they didn't have counselors back then, but he had he did have God, and God was enough. And I, so I think that we got to remember that you may not have the money for counseling, you may not even know who to turn to or where to turn to, but you you have more than enough with God at your side to help you process your pain. Yeah. I, I think another thing you need to do in choosing that person, be wise, choose oh, someone yeah. who will tell you what you need to hear, not yeah. necessarily what you yeah. want to hear. The reality is that at some level, you could have handled the situation better. Mm. There is almost never a situation where anybody is without some responsibility at some point in this. And we need someone who will say, you must do this, or this is why this occurred. And for you to be willing to listen to that and consider it, um, because in, you know, I I look back on a lot of the trauma I, you know, had, even as a a, a ministry leader. And while a lot of times I walked out of there feeling the pain of other people's responses, I wasn't willing to consider the fact that in some cases, had I spoken softer or Mm. waited or couched my phrases differently or gotten counsel on how to handle a certain kind of personality, that it may not have escalated to the point Mm. that it did where I received, you know, abusive behavior or frustration. And that's an important part of growth. If, If we think that we are never without sin and without mistakes and poor judgment, then we're never going to grow. And that arrogance is going to overtake us. Absolutely. 
That's good. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think even if you're not responsible for the offense, sometimes you might have done things in, that that you need to look at yourself with the response, mm-hmm. right? That you're saying, yeah, I, I didn't handle that the right way. And yep. so, yeah, that's, that's a really, really good point. The last one is pretty simple, but I think it's true. Unfortunately, it's truer now more than ever. And that is, what do you do when you you know, have church hurt, find another healthy church home. Mm-hmm. If, if, if the one that you're going to is not going to deal with it biblically and there's no repentance and there's no spiritual leadership, kind of like in that first episode we talked about, then, then know that there are good churches out there. It's kind of like a, a woman who's been in a part of a very abusive relationship or even a man. It doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily defined a gender, but gender, but um, you're, if your experience with someone from the opposite sex is, has been horrible, you don't just say, well, all men are, are this and all women mm-hmm. are this. It's, it's, I know there's a good man out there mm-hmm. who's going to love me mm-hmm. and who's going to treat me well. And just know that there's churches out there who, that, that, you know, love Jesus and they're not perfect, but, but they're not, they're not unhealthy. And I think that, um, what the, what the enemy wants you to do is to have, to become embittered and to leave the fellowship of the believers forever. Yeah. Because they know that if he gets he gets you to live in that pain and live with that kind of um that skewed and and, and um kind of cynical attitude, he's he's got you. And yeah. and a person divorced from a, a Christian divorced from a church will never be able to live to the fullness of their power and potential in Christ on their own. Right. It's impossible. Um, you, that's, that's a reality of the new Testament you can't get around. And so the enemy is always working. Just know this, the enemy has a plan for your life to steal, kill, and destroy, to steal your joy, to kill your, your love for God and the love for others and to destroy your calling in life. And that is what the enemy is seeking to do. And if he can give you an experience that, that sidetracks you and makes you, that takes you out of the, of the body life of church. He'll do it, yep. and it's dangerous. And one of the one of the greatest ways to get victory is to take what Satan meant for evil and allow God to use it for good. Yeah. There are other people who are wounded that if you come out on the right side of this, you grow, you learn, mm. you, you've evaluated, you've confronted, you've repented, all the different things that have the potential to have happened, and you journey with them, you will be an agent of healing for yeah. them. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's like if, if a doctor diagnoses you with cancer, probably one of the first things you're going to do is start hearing from and looking for people who have had the same kind of cancer right. and who have survived it and who have navigated the treatment because there is that camaraderie that, that happens and, and it gives meaning to the experience. Yeah. So if, if you've been wounded, you've been hurt and and God has given you victory, then use that. Use that yes. with others. Yes. Be a voice of grace and an agent of healing in their lives. Yes, absolutely. And I think that that is that's so true, Dan. What you're saying there, and, and you can't be diminished. That, um, and and God God wants to do that. It goes back to the very first thing we talked about that God can create something good and beautiful out of our pain. We know that. But it's just we're not in charge of how long it takes to get there. This sometimes it's mm-hmm. a process. Sometimes healing is a process, mm-hmm. and I think one of the things we got to keep remembering is just take the next step forward. You know, just keep just keep moving. Don't stop. Don't stay stuck. Don't go backwards. Just keep moving forward. Whatever that next step is, it might feel like, man, this is this is taking a long time, or this is this is a winding path to to out of the valley of shadow of death. 
But just know that if you just keep moving forward, one day you're going to look up and you're going to be beside still waters and green pastures because that is the promise of our Good Shepherd. Amen. Amen. Well, this has been an important series on Church Hurt. We hope that you give some prayerful consideration to some of the counsel that you've heard and and the experiences we've shared. Uh, But whatever you do, do not go through this alone. Uh, Take it to the Lord and take it to those who serve and love Him and let somebody journey with you. As always, we thank you so much for listening to Life Talks. If you know of somebody who might benefit from listening to these, would you forward them on to to them? uh, Share us on social media. Uh, and, And as always, thanks so much for listening to Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. The Ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.